0: I'm Amber, and, and we're, and we're witches. witches Talking Tarot. We are the weirdest I get so like a Santa Snubble. Flip the switch and let the cauldron bubble. Sam, wow. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for coming back this Thursday to join us for the second part of our conversation with Brenda from Horrifying History we will get into some tarot history and keep chit-chatting the rest of the episode so thank you in advance for coming to sit a spell time even though time is but a constructive man i it's all kismet <laughs> and i'm fucking loving it because like Everything that you're talking about mirrors things
1: that we've been talking about, like very it, much so. It boils down to that situation. I said it boils down to it, do, it doesn't matter if you were kidding or if you didn't mean it or um, you said it and you, needed, you used the wrong words. It doesn't ultimately matter. And I'm just saying if I said something to you guys, for example, and it was me, it doesn't matter if I'm kidding. I still said something mean. It's still right. You still hurt another person. I said, it's a mitigating circumstance. Okay, I can understand you thought it was a joke, but obviously it didn't land. Um, You know what I mean? But it still hurt a person's feelings. And it doesn't mean that you don't should uh, that is a get out of jail free card for your behavior yeah and i and i said and you've been doing a lot of this crap and using the i'm kidding or oh i i am just spin things as your excuse and that's what it boils down to it, it if you say it once or twice it's not an excuse if you say it forty two thousand times it is well
0: and also this is an adult you're talking about i did uh, that when absolutely. i was 11. yeah, yeah um, like my mom used to get on me hardcore she'd be like just because you say you're kidding afterward because nobody appreciated what you said doesn't make it a joke. And I was Mom's like, right. I was kidding. She was right. That's why I don't, I try not to act that way. And like, I say things that I thought were funny and everybody does not realize I was making a joke. And I'll be like, I was making a joke. I am sorry. That was obviously hurting you.
1: It's called like being an adult and, was... and accepting responsibility for your yes. behavior. And yeah. the reality of it is, I have no problem having a hard conversation with any individual because the reality of it is we're adults and if and you're not going to solve anything unless you talk about it, but it also you don't have to add the emotionality of, of it. You can hear both sides. It's like a negotiation, right? But right. that's not what I was having. I tried all my negotiation tools. I tried everything in my toolbox. There's no fixing this. And, and that's what I had to tell my friends last week. There's no fixing when a person is behaving like this and cause such disruption. And the last thing I wanted was this person to get de- disinvited to stuff. Um, yeah. Because I don't feel that there should be anything of a punishment happening, but I think that people in the group are not supporting each other and they're too afraid of her blowups. So people don't say anything. And I said, we need to support each other. And the only thing that's left is calling her out in front of a group and saying everybody's saying you know what that wasn't cool and honestly as adults should we not be doing that yeah no for sure it's like simple. well and i mean it's like you know setting
0: boundaries and having the person be like nope i'm not talking about this and just walking away you know
1: like oh i tried to do that last week it didn't end well she grabbed me i was grabbed
2: Oh, oh God!
1: and so Damn. I don't like being pushed far. But as we talked before you. we went on air, I do MMA fight. So a lot of people don't know that. And so therefore, if you grab onto me, especially as a person who used to work emerges in and med surgeon lockdown units, I don't necessarily react the best. And so I took a deep breath. And I said, with all, I says, with all due respect, you need to let your hands get off of my body now. And and I said, okay, you need to take a breath. Number one, and number two, you need to hear something about consent. Consent, when it comes to coming in, in uh, coming in contact with another person, it means a lot of different things to a lot of person for our people. For example, what if I was a victim of sexual assault or abuse, and you grabbing me, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. And I said, I already told me my boundaries when it came to that, because she's a hugger.
0: And oh, um,
1: yeah. Oh this was what she loves saying um hug me like you mean it and like the only thing she doesn't do is wrap her legs 42 times around your body it's a little creepy um yeah action. i don't know if you I saw my reaction Every, but... no everybody everybody who sees it kind of cringes it's it's really cringeworthy uh so needless to say and yeah. i said and then she kept on going i said you're not hearing me you're not respecting my boundaries you need to let go this is your third warning and if you do not remove them i will remove your hands and you're not going to like it that much And that's exactly how I said it. And then I had to break away from her. And um, I left. And I said, and then she said, I want to talk to you. And I said, there's nothing to talk about. You came in physical contact. You're disrespectful of my boundaries. You literally left marks on my arms. All because you wanted to go and ensure that I knew your point on a Facebook post. Because I said to her, I said to her in a kind way, when she was bringing up this Facebook post and stirring things up, she was talking about how... I wasn't validating her because I wasn't upset at a random meme. I don't care. It's a meme. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I said, I don't want to be mean to you. And I'm not disrespecting you, nor am I am right. I um, not respecting your thing. But it's just a meme. You need to relax. It's yep. just a meme. And mm-hmm. yeah, it ended up an hour later when everybody wasn't around her grabbing on me. You don't grab on me. it doesn't it will not end well if we go in a direction that direction and I'm very honest about it if you don't let go it will go in a direction that you don't want to go in Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. nope I can understand that well I guess it could have been worse yeah and the reality of it is people don't understand when it comes to boundaries how it means they'd mean different things to different people. For example, using grab and touch and this and that, a lot of people say, I'm a hugger, and they go hug you. But again, what if that person was a victim of sexual assault? Mm -hmm. What would that hug mean to them, especially if it came out of the blue? And to me, I guess working in healthcare so many years, boundaries is extremely important, especially when it comes to physical touch, right? With the society we have, people need to be careful about that and respectful of that. There's a lot of people out there who's just not a hugger. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. that is totally fine. And that and that's what I find that a lot of people forget is when they put on that sort of thing. Oh, I'm a hugger uh, and this and that. So it's OK. No, it's not. But I'm OK with people being huggers. It's what's attached to that and what you're doing with it. And when you're right. hugging so tight, it's so hugging so tight. I had marks here. That's, that's not a, a hug.
0: That's aggressive. That's not a hug.
1: That's And I read it. And I said to her, I know why you're doing this. I know because you don't feel validated. And you're taking it personal as you're not having personally validated. But you need to put perspective. This is about a Facebook post that was somebody posted on my page that had nothing to do with you. Well, and
0: not just that, but like um, there's the whole aspect of the fact that She's offended. That doesn't mean you have to be. Even if you hold some of the same values, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that. Because, like, I was – I recently – had a thing where I had said to Maddie, like, I can't believe my husband didn't think this was offensive.
2: right? And,
0: you know, mm-hmm. but like I, you know, we, we do hold a view that either everything's okay to be joked about or nothing is because the right. moment you decide what's not okay to be joked about, you are now discriminating against one thing over another. Mm-hmm. So either everything's okay to be joked about or nothing is. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is, some things aren't for you and you have to walk away from them because it's not for you so even though like he may not agree with the message he wasn't offended like i was actually offended and thought Mm -hmm. like oh i can't believe they made this
1: but Mm -hmm. i needed to just move the fuck on you know what i mean right and and there's nothing wrong with talking about it if you are offended and having that discussion but this discussion with her had nothing to do with her it wasn't opposed to do anything about her it was not even offensive It was just a joke and it wasn't even like a joke of being offensive in any way uh it was a far like it's like a far side cartoon offensive like that's literally right and she used it as an opportunity to try to stir stuff up and and i was the one that said no and then she's like, Britt was saying, oh, I sent you this text on it and you didn't respond. And I said, yes, I do. I did. I responded to you. And she starts freaking out. And I said, just because I didn't respond in the way that you expect me to or you wanted me to, it doesn't mean I didn't respond. So let's just leave this as is and walk away from it. Like, just stop. And her, yep. and she kept going. And I said, okay, I got my phone receipts. I said, read the, pa- I just passed my phone around the table. And I said, so now you want to keep going? let's end it it's a it's a it had nothing to do with you it was sent to me from somebody else that had nothing to do with it you. you happened to glimpse it and it literally is a nothing and then she waited till we went to the next location and jumped on me literally and it doesn't work well see i look kind mm-hmm. but don't, don't don't be touching on me when i say no mm-hmm. i'm gonna make you stop touching me if you do not simple mm-hmm. Yeah, there's
0: only one way I want it to get physical, and that's only when I want it to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, but, you know, I think that people people need to respect people better. And I had to make okay. a decision, and I never in a million years expected, for lack of better terms, everybody in the friend group to support me over it. I also didn't want it spread about either, mm-hmm. because I don't think that's fair to the other person who clearly has issues. Mm-hmm. And um, But the problem is I found out that this person has issues with everybody in the group. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Well, and, and obviously they're the ones that spread it through the groups, and because yes. you didn't, so
0: yep. you know they they shot themselves so in the could foot. They
2: spin their web and then make their truth yep. Yeah. But you yeah. know what? I'm too old for this.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's what I said. <laughs> but speaking of old, do you guys want to hear some history?
2: Yes. Oh, absolutely. How much do you guys know
1: about? How much do you know about history of tarot?
2: Oh, okay. So, so I got honest with you. I was like, "Oh my gosh, we've already done this. We've we've done this. I remember doing this." So I was like, "Oh yeah, no." I was referencing uh tea leaves, so I got tarot and tea, tea leaves. leaves mixed up because well, I was like, yeah. "Oh, it started with you know Romanians and the gypsies." And I'm like, "Oh my god, no! That is that is not tarot. That is." See, I don't know the history of (laughs) tea leaves, and that's something that was very interesting to me. It was. I don't know if you listened to that episode
1: or not, but it was so. Yeah, and we just did it a couple like, of weeks ago. Yeah. It, it, it. it kind of makes me wonder like, okay, it, I'm going to use the same analogy somewhere else. Imagine you're a caveman, just kind of walking, doing your caveman stuff. And then you see like a potato plant. You're like, I'm kind of hungry. You take a bite off the leaves. So I'm like, ew, this is gross. So then you pull it out of the ground and you're like, oh, these brown things attached to it. Let's just give it a try. So you take, oh, these are kind of bitter. So then let's just cook it on a fire for like half an hour, wrapped up in some tin foil and see what happens, add some butter. Like, that's the thing that i'm getting to when it comes to tea leaves how did a guy just went from i'm going to drink some tea to like seeing black dogs in your future
2: honestly <laughs> oh, harry potter no, right. oh, oh. So
1: just see kidding. i was <laughs> i'm gonna go with
0: uh you know ancient man was looking for answers in everywhere everything. right and, and everywhere, yes. yes and they had a better idea like they ancient man had to live off the land. So they knew what plants were edible, what plants were not edible. They have been drinking leaves steeped in things for health properties forever. They've also, you know, as soon as they started looking at the sky and developed religion based on the stars, they had somebody to interpret that for them. Mm -hmm. And that person then therefore also was to foretell futuristic things for people. That's how we like you can look. I was I was just watching like this fucking documentary series with my husband last night. So I'm not gonna talk too much. Some must sound crazy, but like you can look at how all the ancient civilizations. They followed the stars. They did. Period. Mm-hmm. Point blank. Like there's no question about it. They followed the stars. They wanted yeah. answers to prevent the cataclysms that come from the stars. Because mm-hmm. when comets hit the Earth and cause the things that happen during the fucking younger, whatever, Dresden period, whatever the fuck it was. But like the younger Dryas, Dryas, I don't know. Shit was crazy for ancient man back then, right? And like, that's when we see like a bunch of monuments in the world for like, in America. Oh my God, there's so many things that I want to talk to you about doing episodes on now. There is, in America, in Ohio, there's a fucking mound it's a gigantic fucking snake and its Mm -hmm. mouth eats the sun Mm -hmm. when the summer solstice sun ends but Mm -hmm. not just that it's a winding snake where all of the winds they line up with like the autumnal equinox and the vernal equinox they Mm -hmm. line up with the winter solstice and at the end there's a spiral that um oh not upwards this way it lines up completely with I can't fucking remember. Oh, true north. It lines up with true north, the the way the spiral goes, which like made me see like, like the snake is actually supposed to be like this and the world is sick. Like time is cyclical and oh, it's fucking cool and crazy. And okay. So back to the whole point of tea leaves, because we look to the stars, We had to find a way to protect ourselves from the things that come from the stars, i.e. like comets and and those things that hit the planet and cause disruptions. (laughs) Right. So the tea leaves were a way of something that we are already using and coming in. Like, it is a part of us as much as we are a part of it because defecation and urination was right in the same land that grew the plants that they're Uh consuming. You know, they really... Even today, everything that we eat is feeding on the dead. But back then they understood that concept. Mm -hmm. They knew that everything was cyclical because we live on the dead and then the dead gives life Mm -hmm. like it's a whole thing. So to imbibe that which has grown from our ancestors can give us messages, but we won't necessarily know the message by drinking it. So we feel that they will give us a visual message. And that's where the tea leaf part comes, like reading the tea leaves comes in. That's my belief. I don't know that for sure, for sure. But based on everything that I do know for sure, for sure. But then again, like we could go on forever about how the fact Mm -hmm. that things that people know for sure, for sure are actually Mm -hmm. fucking wrong. Like. (laughs)
2: like I opened a can of worms. (laughs)
0: Once people get into a mentality of this is what was once new information is introduced to say that oh, yeah. is not what was they panic it bothers them so much they can't accept it like the fucking yeah anyway
2: so what's this say about egypt <laughs>
0: <laughs> so well, I, I can tell you about egypt <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like tarot history like that from what i read there there's three main contenders for the origins of tarot and it's mm-hmm. egyptians the chinese and the hebrew I am and not well, to
1: the there is truth in fun. that and there isn't now the thing is the ancestors of today's tarot actually uh-huh. can be traced back to the 14th century but the modern A- but, era right but it is currently believed that they started back in egypt using the suits of sticks coins swords and cups
2: but, oh, that is I'm one sorry, of the I thoughts like but not just
0: scream,
1: that but, but it's the that.
0: book of toth like uh-huh. because the Book of Toth is the book of the dead uh-huh. and it was depicted in pictures. Yeah. And so they like the Egyptian tarot theory is that's where that came from. So they actually the...
2: use sticks, cups.
0: Well, like there's three, like the Chinese also say that they uh-huh. are the ones that created tarot through uh-huh. a game called Leaf Play uh-huh. that uh-huh. a monk who was and he was like an expert at astronomical uh, uh calculations, and uh-huh. he created a game based on astronomy. And you can see the the similarities between the game he created that was called Leaf Play in Uh the end with the minor arcana Uh and with Mm -hmm. the astronomical things. Like tarot itself can come from so many different places.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's also
0: built off of so many different things like astronomy and the Kabbalah. Like Mm -hmm. there's a huge connection between the
1: Kabbalah and tarot currently currently,
2: currently? yes yeah, currently. give us information
1: uh, so we'll go back to 1440 to 1450 that's when artists in italy started creating the first playing cards okay. now those back then they featured four different suits and they were similar to today right uh, they were uh, wands Sports. coins cups and swords so mm-hmm. the original tarot cards were not tarot uh, for divination they, right. were, a game. they were playing they cards were, yes they were playing cards and that's where the current playing cards come yep. from but then when you get yep. about the mid 1400s italian artists started play, painting additional illustrated cards to add to the existing suits and of course i had to put in there this was also the time that it was the first documented religious statement that cards were all evil and that's when that came out but it didn't say tarot cards or divination it just said cards Well, at that point, there was a
0: 78-card tarot deck that the Mm -hmm. 22 cards of the Major Arcana, which Major Arcana means Big Secret, and Minor Arcana means Little Secret, which I fucking Mm -hmm. love because arcane knowledge is secret knowledge. Mm -hmm. But the 22 cards in the Major Arcana relate to specific astronomical things in the Kabbalah and then the the minor arcana relate to all the cards that have become playing cards. So is,
2: times. is that is that what they right. mean when they say um uh, people used to read playing cards? Yes. Well, uh, they still do. Gypsies like mean, still, yeah, read they, still they, cards. They, they they still they they read and. straight out yeah. and they
1: read our tar- uh, playing cards the same as tarot. Now it it was actually in in like I said the mid 1400s. That is when they got what we call trump cards, the today's trump cards. Back then they were called triumph cards. Now I
2: like better. (laughs) Yeah, kind of
1: do. I prefer triumph. Uh, They were actually painted for families who had a lot of wealth. So in some of the only true. Tarot cards, full decks that exist, and there's very, 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 very few from that time. Um, they actually show that these these triumph cards were painted to be their family members or their friends or other nobility of power. And that is the fool, like, so when she says the triumph card, she's talking about the fool specifically, like, I'm I'm talking about all of them, like the the king, the queen, they they were all their family. That was their, their that was other nobility so the problem is that people couldn't afford a painter like who the heck could afford that back then so it wasn't actually in customized cards couldn't people just couldn't own those it was too much so that lasted for a couple centuries and it wasn't until they invented the printing press that people could actually have their own set of an average person could they have playing cards or a tarot so do that. you know approximately when it started being used as divination
2: when you well i
0: like, the divination part was prior to all of this because the...
2: Well, divination is general, Italian. but I mean, as the, as
1: the cards, it actually started in both France and Italy. So remember I said it was a parlor game, not a tool for divination. But divination and playing cards actually started um, becoming popular in the late 16th and early 17th century. It was a, quite a bit later. And at that time, I'm just going to put it out there, their game was a heck of a lot easier than tarot is today. Like, oh, I don't know yeah, if you guys, like, have you ever seen, like, the world spread? That's insane.
2: Yeah, i tried like, it. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's insane. Yeah, We actually now, had,
2: in our
0: first season, we had a conversation with this guy named Kevin where I was like, I absolutely will not invest no, I've that amount it. of time into, I've done it for like, myself,
1: but damn, will it's not, too much. won't do it. By I the time will. you get to the end, you forget what happened in the beginning, so there's no right? point. But. <laughs> But when they hit the 18th century, people started to actually assign a specific meaning to each card. And that's when the card layout started to be developed specifically for divination purposes. So it actually, if you think about it, it's still quite a long time ago. Uh, Uh But the first explanation on how to use a tarot deck was published for the first time in 1425. So vague explanations of how to play the game was first uh, released for the next 200 years or so until the first complete description of the rules came out in France in 1637. So of course, and it's uh, it's kind of the same today, each deck has its own interpretation and in different meanings. And when you have a practitioner, they, they have their link to the cards and they develop their own interpretation upon, amongst that. Back then it was no different. The rules of the game changed from region to region. Abs did the card usage. There was nothing consistent yet.
2: And they and didn't that, classify this as witchcraft. Just no, they did. Yet. They absolutely not did. Not No,
1: the church
0: bandit in the yeah, late the like early 1400s. No, was, no, they didn't
2: like They did like
0: not
1: cards. allowed to. Okay. They, they didn't like cards, 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 but we're getting to that point. Okay. So it actually was 1781 where a French Freemason, and he was a former Protestant minister, or minister, and his name was Antoine Cour de Gébaudin. So uh-huh. he published the first analysis of the tarot to actually break down the symbology of it. So uh-huh. he broke down the symbolism and he claimed this is where he claimed this came from practices and beliefs of the Egyptian priests. And he also claimed that this ancient occult knowledge was brought to Rome and it was revealed to the Catholic Church who direly wanted to keep this under wraps. <laughs> Now, in his essay, there was a specific chapter on tarot meanings, and that is the very one of the very first explanations of the symbolism of the tarot artwork. And he also connected it to the legends of various gods. Here's the problem. We don't have any documentation or historical anything yeah. to prove that it's true. It is just, again, urban myth, and we, we there's no way to prove it. But there's this didn't stop anybody from wanting to have these alleged ancient secrets. Now, again, he did a little bit extra for marketing is what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, pushing the marketing to make it look a little bit more mystic. But mm-hmm. the reality of it is this was getting to be the time of spiritualism. By the time they hit in the early 19th century, card decks now, their artwork was specifically being designed about Antoine's interpretation. So mm-hmm. that is when the whole big switch started happening. So then you hit 1791. Uh, a guy is named Jean-Baptiste Alliette, and he was an occultist, a French occultist, and he actually released the very first tarot deck specifically designed for divination. That's the first official one. But a couple years later, he wrote a, and published a book on how it's supposed to be used, which I would have done the reverse. Like, shouldn't you have the instructions right. and then give them the cards? You just do the cards first. People guess for a couple of years, and then you just give them a book. Right. But- but then the occult interest of tarot started to expand at this time. And the reason is, if this is when Kabbalah really got associated with mysticism, like the secrets of the mysticism and specific tarot. Now, the thing is, with the whole Egypt thing, we can't prove it 100%. Oh, there, no. like, and I'm, that's the problem. Yeah. There's no way we can prove this either way. But the thing yeah, is, no. by the end of the Victorian era, occultism and spiritualism was... A very popular pastime for a lot, but it was a literal religion for others. And a great example is Dan Aykroyd. You know who Dan Aykroyd is. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, Ghostbusters fame? He mm-hmm. actually wrote Ghostbusters. Do you know what Ghostbusters is actually um, tailored towards? Is spiritualism religion. His family, he's from Canada. He actually is from a location very near to me. Their family farm still exists. And um, the family basically were very powerful spiritualists in the area. His grandfather was a spiritualist. And his dad wrote a book based on that experience with Dan Aykroyd. So that's why you'll see like a lot of these shows that he puts out about the unknown is because he actually is a practicing spiritualist today. So little sidebar. (laughs) Now, the thing is, it is actually still practiced as a religion for a lot of people. And with this came tarot as part of it. Now, at this point, we're talking Victorian age. It was extremely, extremely commonplace just to go visit your friend, have some tarot cards read as entertainment, or go to a séance party. Like yeah. that, right, a séance party. Yeah. It was every day. That's what they did. So even so, with all of this. Urban myths started floating around at this time saying that tarot cards and fortune telling were brought to Europe by gypsies from some magical mystical place somewhere in Egypt.
0: And now a word from one of our fellow podcasters.
1: If you like weird, spooky and strange history, then I have the podcast for you. My name is Brenda and I'm the host of Horrifying History. Are you into the dark side of history? Horrifying History tells you about the side of history that people don't normally talk about. We tell the tales of haunted places, infamous true crimes, the paranormal and unsolved mysteries, and then we look to history to see where the truth actually lies. Want to get spooky with us? Get your Horrifying History fix by subscribing today on your favorite podcast provider or by going to our website at horrifyinghistory.podbean.com. So you can see as time, the urban myths are switching, but the reality of it is it's hard to track anything. So I wanted to touch on something though. Why do people think they're evil? Well, religion. Um, So as as you guys know many, Religions historically believed that forecasting the future was the devil's work, and a lot of this was promoted by uh, various classical religious-based writings that people don't necessarily think of as a religious writing, like Dante's
2: Inferno. Have you ever read it?
1: Oh,
0: absolutely, yeah no, it's I Beautiful. It. I, don't it's...
2: Wanna, I don't. I'm. I don't want to read it. The it, it. It's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, Dante's
1: Inferno. I'll, I'm about to tell you the point where I got really offended. Um,
2: <laughs> is it when people's heads turned around? Yes.
1: And yes, here's the why. Because for those who haven't seen it, I'm just telling this for your listeners, is uh, basically the whole idea is Dante starts walking down hell, walks to the pit and sees Satan and church. walks his way out and mm-hmm. he describes what he's seeing along the way. So at the fourth level of hell Dante describes those walking through eternity with their heads on backwards and crying mm-hmm. and these are the fortune tellers. Yes, and he so says that their sin is because they're telling the future which is only known to God. But here's mm-hmm. my problem with this. In every single major religion there are figures that are recognized as a prophet that are being who tell the future but mm-hmm. they're supposedly chosen for God. What is the difference between Dante's Inferno and the Bible is the gender? and not the message. And that is really indicative of the times, right? When this came out, in Dante's times, women were, well, second class, if you're lucky, citizens. They weren't even second (laughs) class. So therefore, that is the big difference in my opinion. And going into actually, my opinion of tarot, I think it's just a way for us to like there's no difference to me than a tarot deck than you're using a crystal ball. It's used for focus. Yeah. It just exactly. focus, focus your and what is different than having a prophet telling the future and a person flipping a tarot card? Nothing. Because you're, mm. you're, you're your you're your own
2: prophet and well, they don't want you one to stamped think, by the church approval and the, the other
1: one isn't. And yeah. the church can't control the the prophets are exactly. saying what the church message wants it to say where the other ones aren't. Right. simple as that yeah. now have you guys heard about the origins of the rider weight deck
0: yes yeah it, it came through the uh the order of the golden, golden dawn, dawn. Yes. This is like the best but, name of an order oh absolutely um but like you know it, they just he took what pappas did with the deck where pappas is thought of as the granddaddy of what is now a days used as the European tarot. Mm -hmm. Um, And he incorporated more knowledge and more explanation into the cards. And then what Rider Waite did was took it and made a standard card Mm -hmm. and book version from what Pappas did.
1: Exactly. Um, So he was actually, Arthur Waite was actually a British occultist himself. And mm-hmm. was a member of the <clears throat> order of the golden dawn now the thing about the order of the golden dawn i liked is the fact it wasn't just guys which was typical back then it was men and women so another member of the golden dawn was actually pamela cormit or coleman smith and she was an artist and he went and decided to work with her and they created this deck smith. together okay. in I didn't 1909. Know yeah so in 1909 they released that deck So it was actually Arthur's suggestion that Pamela used (laughs) the solo Smith, not her whole fucking name.
0: (laughs) Fucking assholes.
1: (laughs) 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 They're like, it doesn't matter. She was married. Mrs. Smith. It's Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So Pamela used actually the Sola Busca tarot cards for her inspiration. And that is the tarot card that I was talking about earlier. That is one of the earliest complete surviving example of a 78 card tarot deck. And if you compare the two, there are a lot of similarities in the symbolism there. So amla was the very first artist to actually use characters representing images and the lower cards instead of just doing the coins the cups the swords blah 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 and she started to incorporate human figures into her artwork and that is what resulted in the iconic deck that most tarot cards reader or readers know today it's typically used as the default deck in pretty well every instructional book because it's heavy on the symbolism and that's what people are trying to teach them is to read the symbolism of the card. Right? It's also easier because
0: the the other tarot deck that we were talking about with Kevin in season one, like, it's much more difficult to read. Even gypsy cards are harder to read from the standpoint of each, like, the the rider weight deck simplifies everything. Sorry, my, my computer's trying not to charge, and I'm trying to make sure it doesn't die on us, like last <laughs> night. Um, but... Uh, it made it simpler for people to be able to utilize it because mm-hmm. the other, um, I can't remember the name. There's like other different, but this is the standard because it's easier and it allows mm-hmm. for wider interpretation. And mm-hmm. that's why today everybody has, a. generally speaking, you are buying like Maddie's Game of Thrones deck, My Lord of the Love Rings deck, they're all rider weight based. They're oh, all absolutely. based on rider weight. Like 90% of what you're going to find in the stores is based on rider weight versus yep. the other tarot theory because they're easier to read. They've been so many people have worked on them to simplify it to make it easier to
1: mm-hmm.
0: get that. Um
1: but I think also with the, the symbolism, it's very, very important. If you look, it's very hard to pull up any why? symbolism out of a seven of clubs if you're using a, a, a deck of cards yeah. versus mm-hmm. if you're having a seven of ones or, even, you know, or any Arcan- arcana card. Like it's, the the, the, the the that's why I love tarot. And that's mm-hmm. why I want to collect more um, like uh, antique tarot cards. It's the art behind it and the mm-hmm. thought behind it. I think it's beautiful. Beautiful. Right, well,
0: and when you're reading playing cards, like the gypsy card, sorry, I was like trying to get this to charge. and But with the gypsy cards, it's like where that seven of clubs winds up in the spread, mm-hmm depends on what it means. And you can read tarot in that same way, but you don't have to read tarot in that same way. Because like, but when you're doing the playing cards, if the seven of clubs and the queen of hearts comes up together, that means something. Mm -hmm. In tarot, it can also mean something, but you can also read them separately, if that makes sense. And I think that's also what helps popularize the writer weight, because mm -hmm. each card can be used for divination on its own it can stand Mm -hmm. on its own versus and
1: then then meeting the
0: accompaniment right yeah
1: it can do both and the one thing i have a question for you guys is the one thing i found that is also not consistent and you're going back to again remember i was saying urban myth urban myth urban myth there is a lot of other urban myths that follow even practice and how you're supposed to use it you if you look some of like for example the writer date or wait Deck books, or whatever you see, some of it in some of them, you see some different things in others. So, I wanted to challenge you do you guys have any unique uh, things that, for example, you wouldn't see in a book or you when it comes to your practice? Because I have one and I read this in a book years ago, I, I'm I, when I was 16, and I've done it ever since. I'm the only one that uses my decks, I'm the only one that takes them out of the box, some I'm the only one to put it back, that. Okay.
2: And, that, and that is me because I want to keep my charge on it. You know Some I mean? people are like that. So when it's polite when you're with other readers to ask before you touch another person's deck, always because yes. there's lots of people with that energy. I know when I first started, and a lot of people when they first start, I would have the person I'm giving a reading shuffle the cards to get their energy into it a and little I do, bit.
1: And I do you, that. Yep,
2: you do. You do.
1: But I do. Um, I, but it's a habit of mine now because so long I do not let other people read my decks, but I do have mm-hmm. another deck for person to use to read. Okay, I get what you're saying. I get what, you know what I'm saying. But that, yeah. it, have you guys have heard of any of the little things like that that you carry past or, you you know, if you've heard?
0: So I have definitely heard the... So, okay, so I've heard the always have the person you're reading cut your deck. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. am a person that when I'm reading, don't fucking touch my cards. I'm that way when I'm So, yeah, like, again. so yeah. no, you can't cut the fucking deck. And if you insist on it, I mean, that's cool. But... It's going to fuck up my juju, even if it doesn't fuck up the reading. Like, it's because, okay
2: for them to touch like, it at times when you're not reading it, if you allow.
0: Right. But when like, you're in
2: the middle of a reading, it's just, yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm going to blame my mm-hmm. sun sign, and I'm going to be like, I'm a Virgo, and I don't like it when people touch my stuff without talking mm-hmm. to I'm me. I'm a Virgo. Like, don't touch yeah, my stuff. Nice. Yeah. Don't touch my motherfucking stuff. Like, I had... <laughs> I, uh, two Halloweens ago, I was doing readings at a gay pride event here in town and I got aggressively hit on. I thought she was trying to fight with me. I wasn't sure. And uh, the guy that I was doing a reading for at the time, he was like, she is not trying to fight you. You were right on the other. Because I was like, I don't know if she's trying to fuck me or fight me. And he's like, she's not trying to fight you, girl. And I was like, okay, could I am not tell. used to this. Could I mean, have. it could have been. Like, she literally <laughs> crawled across my table and was, like, trying to get at me. But prior to that, I'd been trying Jeez. to give her a reading. And she was incredibly intoxicated, and probably on a psychedelic. And she's, mm-hmm. like, she's touching my crystal ball. And I'm like, oh, Ugh. you got it fucking stopped. And then no. while I'm doing her reading, she reaches out and touches my cards. And she's like, I'm a reader too. And I was like, that's cool. You should know not to touch somebody nice. else's If you card. are,
1: you don't touch people's stuff. I was triggered.
0: Like, I promise you, I was pissed. But I don't like people touching my cards. I follow that mm-hmm. one. I have heard the, the myth of you cannot buy your own first tarot deck. And I'm sorry, but I don't follow any of the you cannot. But I do believe in it just the same, which is funny. And let me explain. What I mean by that is I will give somebody a tarot deck mm-hmm. so that they can then go out and get their own that they want. Because now you've been gifted one. So right. whether you follow that truck or not, you're safe. You're good. I, you're I don't
2: necessarily believe that. But at the same time, I was gifted my first tarot deck. So was and I.
1: Some, same. Someone told
2: me that when they gave it to me. Mm-hmm. So... If it were me, I probably wouldn't buy my first yeah. tarot deck, but I don't gotta worry about that right. anymore. And if you want to, you can. Yeah, you know? <laughs> right.
0: And, like, here's my thing also. Like, people say, like, oh, if the cards pop out, they're necessary. Bitch, I'm clumsy. I've been clumsy for 39 years. I drop years. stuff.
1: I drop yeah, stuff. Like, sometimes
0: I, it depends. Sometimes it depend- exactly. It's like, when there's been a card that I have no idea when it fell out of the deck, but it was mm-hmm. under my seat after I left Maddie's house. Yeah. We were doing readings together. That meant something. That mm-hmm. that meant something beyond just my clumsiness. Because, yeah, I'm clumsy, but usually I find all the cards. So when I don't find a card and one's just chilling there, it's mm-hmm. for me to think about.
2: Mm-hmm. I just have to bring this up. Are we going on two hours now? It's five fifty-one. I know we started around four o'clock.
0: Well, yeah, we had that hiccup, and uh-huh. so we didn't. Yeah, we're. I guess this we're at about an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. And I
1: have some spaghetti in my future, so.
0: Oh, All right. Well, we have some awesome. potato soup. Just potato yeah. soup. We made oh, less. I love potato <laughs> soup. <laughs> oh. <laughs> too, but spaghetti oh.
2: really good. Yeah.
1: Well, and better yet, but- the husband's cooking it, and I'm not. So. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> oh, nice. Isn't the best what? food the stuff you don't cook?
2: the best coffee is the coffee you don't make
0: (laughs) yeah i do enjoy it when my husband do be making me coffee
1: now my husband doesn't make coffee because he's horrible at it and even yeah yeah no hey he can do k-cups my husband my husband makes like (laughs) that
0: turkish coffee like if you ever seen the movie hidalgo Mm -hmm. where he's like can you stand a a horseshoe up in it or whatever that's the kind of coffee my husband makes like Uh, i use a lot of cream
1: I went to um actually i went on this (laughs) epic trip this fall actually and one of the stops was in turkey and we end up getting schmazuzled and going into this carpet thing and they're very much about um hospitality in turkey so they're like (sighs) yes and they're asking like okay we have all these drinks you could have while we do our little carpet demonstration and he's like um does anyone know what turkish coffee is i'm like Oh, yeah. gosh, I so love it. It was so good. And then um they were offering okay. Have, you know what Uzo is, right? Uzo? Yes. yes. Okay, yeah. so uzo is drank there too, except they drink it differently. So what they do is they mix a, basically a shot in with water, and they even drink it for breakfast. They pour it on their, their breakfast cereal. It's just weird. But the point of it is, and they're like, do you want to have our special drink, which was the uzo and water? And we're like, no, I'll just stick to, to the to Turkish coffee. Turnt. But here's okay. the thing. I'm like, no, no, no. I said, if you're offering me uzo, you got to drink it the Canadian way. And he's like, Deal because he's he's basically thinking this is a little girl what what what's the worst she could mm. do so you know how we drink it here we call it No, vol-
0: sure down sure down we call
1: we call it the volcano so what you have to do it's a basically you put your head on the bar and you open your mouth and they pour the uzo in as a shot you basically don't swallow it yet and basically they take um cinnamon like a shaker cinnamon and you light the match or the lighter and you light the fumes and spread the cinnamon on top and then it sparkles as it burns but you have to close your mouth real fast you're going to burn your mouth no and the guy's like i'm not doing that i'm like i'm I'm not not just drinking your watered down uzo (laughs) 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 on the coffee and he's like, like that's insane i'm like yeah my husband burned his mouth pretty bad but he didn't close his mouth in time that's on him Fair
0: enough. I'm all like, maybe if I take care of my little baby hair mustache, like maybe like
1: once a year. Flaming drinks are dangerous. <laughs> That's why you got to know how to do this one specifically. The idea is kind of rinse your mouth a little with the ouzo. So kind of coats, so you don't burn your gums off. Yeah. Yeah. No, see, like, no, like when I have,
0: uh, I generally have a Christmas party and a Halloween party at my house every year. And uh, two things happen every time. Um, usually I get intoxicated enough that somebody says something funny enough that I literally can't stop laughing and I like fall over and I just, and they go, Oh, we've broken Amber. It's, I I guess the party's like over now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But also uh, my friend Casey 99% of the time has to pull me away from an open flame because I'm about to set myself on fire without realizing it. Don't do any volcanoes. yeah, I can't. I can't do a drink that's, like, on fire on
1: purpose. It's, it's I, too much. I was really shocked. So we went to a lot of epic places. One of them, we were went to a couple stops in Greece, too. So we're at this one place. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. Believe it or not, I actually downloaded my podcast to see if what the ads would sound like if they were in Greek, which they were, which was really cool. Um, <laughs> and uh, as I'm waiting for the tour, and she's like, are you are you listening to something? I'm like, what does this commercial say? And she's listening. They're, they're um, advertising for Honda vehicles. Like, awesome. And she's like, I've never seen somebody happy over a commercial before. I'm like, money in my pocket, thank you, Grease. Uh but <laughs> they stopped. You know what how this tour started? Alcohol. It was 9 a.m. They brought you for shots in this little place here. And they, here's some Turkish delight. We make that here too. And we usually have it with these shots. And I'm like, i might we're Canadian, so we can't be rude. So I'm sitting with a table of Canadians <laughs> that I met and they're we're all holding these shots and we're all looking into each other. And I'm like, And I'm like, it's 9 a.m. And everybody's like, well, we can't be rude because we're all Canadian. Like, yeah, true. It was like drinking maple syrup without tasting like maple syrup. It was just drinking liquid sugar with that burned your stomach really bad. I'm like, that's not good. And then the horse she's coming by, isn't it great? It's our national drink. I'm like, yeah, it was great. Because we can't be rude. We're Canadian. We can't be rude. Yeah. she She goes, You want another shot? I'm like, no, it's only two minutes after nine. I'm good i'm good it's four
0: o'clock some it's 402 that's what they said and i'm like no my stomach Uh, seriously
1: can't take turkish delight and and shots of alcohol for breakfast like i outgrew that when i was well 19 um and even then i couldn't do it well (laughs) yeah i outgrew alcohol
0: before i was old enough for it yep no i'm good (laughs) (laughs) But. <laughs> well, thank but. you so
1: much for doing the reading, Absolutely. ladies. Thank, thank
0: you for having us. So and I really hard. hope this means thank I'm going to win. Us. We had too. you. Seriously. I was serious yes. about
2: the she shed thing. Yeah. yeah you win. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: You, you I'm totally big. doing it as so, TARDIS. Are you, are you going to go visit the Bellagio? Because you should.
1: Oh, yes. I've been to Vegas before. Beautiful. love oh, Bellagio. There. But it's you'll never guess. Beautiful. So, did you hear what they did to the Luxor last week? Because they're having um I, I want it's not NASCAR, but it's another big event that's happening here really quick. They Doritos paid them. Do you know you wrap cars, right? They wrap cars. They wrapped the Luxor. It looks like a Dorito. It's orange. Oh my it says it's a, you know the orange Dorito package that's the Luxor right now. That's and I, crazy. And I seen pictures. They had the Sphinx in front of it. So of course I had to jokingly when I sent that I said I did a side by side on my social media on my Patreon of um, when I because I went there this fall. By the way, I went to Egypt. So that was part oh. of the epic trip. So I did that one. This is real. This is when you know the press gets a hold of it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and just to let you know, Damn, the pyramids that's... are way bigger than you ever can imagine. The Sphinx is way smaller than you can imagine. Really? And I I told my, there's certain places, my bucket list I travel, I always say to my husband, I'm going to cry in certain places because I grew up in a, on a farm in the middle of nowhere in Alberta, the prairies in Canada, and I never thought I'd ever get to see these spots. Yeah. So I cried in the British Museum in front of the Rosetta Stone. I cried in Pompeii and because I never I, thought I'd yeah. i cried I and, but i hid it because i'm not gonna let my husband see it because he's gonna mock the hell out of that and i'm like yeah I if is. i can hide it because he's like are you gonna cry at the pyramids i'm like probably it's a very very high chance because i have been obsessed with egyptology since i could stand
2: oh, yeah. uh
1: and i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna try to hold it in so wait for it do you know that egypt works off bribes no well You can go and throw them $13 Canadian, which means like $7.50 US or something. And you can go in the Grand Pyramid, 300 people a day, in the Grand Pyramid climbing up to the burial chamber. I did it. I'm claustrophobic. I'm telling you that building chamber was only about two and a half feet by three feet. I was wearing a dress. It's a Muslim country. I'm wearing a dress. Do you think that claustrophobia, hot mummy air or... The you know any of that is going to stop me dress no I'm going to do it I was hiking up that thing in a dress and I got to the burial room and my husband said are you okay and I'm like you remember I'm claustrophobic and he's like you need to get out yeah, pretty quick
2: yeah so no, I did it
1: got out we're drenched in sweat still didn't cry so he's all let down and I said things <laughs> not done and I'm not going to let you see anyway we end up going. <laughs> So then we went to the step pyramid, we went to Memphis, then we went to the step pyramid. So um, we walk into the compound, I swear to God, it looks like it was just built the outside and it's not. It's like five thousand years old. You'd swear to God it was built yesterday. It is such good yeah. shape. And I, we walk up, up cool, walk into the main gates where you see all the cool pictures and everything. Walk, you, get our pictures. Everything's fine. Seen a, seen a viper. Freaked out. Kept on going. And then I walked in and seen the step pyramid. And then our tour guide, who he had for all day, he was the coolest dude. He goes and says to me, "So what do you think?" And I looked at him and, with again, a very honest person, I, I said, "I'm gonna say this with every from the from the bottom of my soul." When I'm on my deathbed, I'm gonna think of this moment right now. And then I bawled. I start ugly crying, and then my husband's like, there it is. And I'm like, I'm like, that's worth it for you. (laughs) (laughs) Stop. And he's like, no, I wanted to see you this happy. And I'm like, I am. Then I almost got arrested. (laughs) And guess what got me out of jail? Another bribe. Now I'm just saying that was not my fault. (laughs) Um According to the sign that I seen afterwards, if you sit on anywhere near a monument, which my tour guide told me to sit there so you can get a picture, if you sit anywhere, it will be three months in an Egyptian jail, which they have like huge human rights issues out there. Now, three months in jail, and uh, it ends up being a $3,000 Canadian fine. And if they decide that I was sitting there immodestly, my jail sentence went up. Cost me ten bucks U.S. to get out of jail. It was great. Wow. Oh, wow, that's almost like a get out of jail free. It's not to get out can... of
0: jail for ten bucks, but it's almost What's like that... a get out of
1: jail free. Well, considering what I told this to our dog sitter, um uh, he's like, "Do you realize there's a hundred over 150 crimes in Egypt that you can go in and uh it's death penalty? Like, thanks for that, Ken. um <laughs> uh, All I would be locked into an Egyptian prison for who knows how long because if their day goes bad, I'm just immodest, right? Like. I was going to say, like,
0: this is why I was afraid of my teenagers traveling. Because I'm like, you guys don't know the laws elsewhere.
1: Nope. Well, actually, it'll make you laugh. Do you want to know what my first reaction was after like the guard that looked kind of like a very angry Bert from Bert and Ernie comes up. He has like one brow. He's very angry he had a machine gun. And uh, so as he's coming up and our tour guide slipping him the money, um, I literally said out loud, which the guy clearly didn't understand English. Thank God. I'm like, son of a bitches! is like the fourth country I broke the law in. And I didn't even know it. <laughs> Not including my own. And man's like, don't say that out loud. I'm like, It's an accident. <laughs> I don't know the laws in every country I've done some stuff it's not intentional it's not horrible crimes like you know like I murdered somebody right think a couple I could have done some jail time yeah <laughs> but who no would have ever nope. thought you'd go to jail for sitting on a wall yeah nope I I
0: I wouldn't think it but also genuine fear of mine genuine fear
1: yeah <laughs> well that it boiled down to it was the tour guide that told me to do it so he should have known better and literally right below me where my feet was was the sign it was an egyptian uh, though you oh, egyptian, yeah on yeah. Yeah, the other <laughs> side was the the other one was the english one that i just didn't read um but i took pictures <laughs> to enough. prove it to my friends that i could have went to jail
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's so crazy like that's what wonderful travels you've had and more to come apparently oh yeah so that's I guess, exciting heck i yeah. actually get
1: to meet up with a girlfriend of mine that i met through podcasting world and that's why i'm so happy to talk to you guys because she is also a witch oh, and cool. uh, does tarot so we're gonna meet up gordon ramsay's cool. burger on tuesday
0: all nice. right have a burgo
1: or a little burger together
0: heck yeah that's awesome well, before we close out, do you want to again remind our listeners of where they can find Horrifying History and hear more
1: of you? <laughs> well, you can find Horrifying History on any major podcast provider. We put out an episode every Wednesday. And this week, we're actually talking about the Great Molasses Flood of Boston. Have you heard about that? Ooh, no. no. Think of it. Yes. A, wave, it. a tsunami of molasses going through boston and killing everybody in its path it took buildings wow. off its foundation tore down buildings and think about it if that stuff somebody gets in was your trying nose to and lungs, that tea uh, they didn't do a good job because if that stuff gets in your nose you're not gonna breathe you're done oh yeah, oh, yeah. no but i'm like by molasses boston tea party boston
0: molasses flood oh, they are connected they got a lot of crap in that bay a lot <laughs> really sweet tea Really sweet tea. I don't know if I would and swim no in breathing. it. You might get some yeah. issues, but... Yeah. yeah, no breathing. That's crazy. I did not know about that. That's cool. I will have to check that out. And you guys, if you are listening to us, uh, you'll be hearing this the day before that goes out. So you should definitely check out Horrifying History. Go ahead and do the like and subscribe so you'll be notified when you can hear about boston
2: and their molasses avalanche death by molasses that's so crazy well if you're watching us on youtube don't forget to like and subscribe as of right now as we're recording this we are two subscribers away from reaching our goal of 200
0: we already gave our patreons a shout out fuck yeah we did so uh otherwise uh if you are listening on your favorite podcast platform please like and subscribe so you can always be notified of new episodes from your favorite witches. We can be found on Instagram and Facebook at Witches Talking Tarot and on the X at Classiest Witches because we are the classiest witches you know. So what? thank you, Brenda, and everyone else for coming to sit with us for a spell. All right.